Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for Counterpoint. Tonight, we've got John Mraz, former Liberal War Room director, and Bill Hutchison, journalism professor over at Seneca and a former broadcaster who, of course, covered a lot of politics, guys. All right, let's start with the, uh, and I'm going to start with you on this one, Bill, because I'll, you know, I'll see if you think this is fair. But uh, I think it's fair to say that the whole campaign itself is all going to be about, you know, these gotcha moments, leaked information, old tweets, whatever. It's all to get this foot in mouth moment. But, you know, when you fabricate these things and you motivate these things, it, you, you kind of lose me. I'm going to tell you, let you listen to the reporter over at um, the Queen's Park uh, report who asked this question today. I don't mean to be impertinent, yes, you do. but I was hoping you could explain to the people of Ontario how a bill becomes law, just step by step. Well, you know something, my friend? We, we can run through that. And I know this is a gotcha question and everything, because that, that's your game, big smile on your face. But don't worry, we're, I'm going to show you how many bills we're going to pass. We're going to pass a lot of bills. Look. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've done this a long time. You did this for a long time. Um, you kind of played on the other side of this. But uh, I have no problem with someone being challenged on policy. And if you get a real foot-in-mouth moment, that is a real win. But to me, this is just so self-indulgent. I was embarrassed to hear that question. If one of my students came up with that question, I would tell them that's a stupid question to ask. First of all, the reporter should know that the premier has staff to take care of how the bill gets through. He doesn't have to do that. But secondly, it's just... I don't mean to be impertinent, as yeah. you said. Yes, he D-bag. does. That's yes, exactly you do. what he did. He was looking <laughs> for that gotcha moment. That and, and Ford rightfully just dismissed it because it did, he didn't dignify the question with a response because it wasn't worth a response. It was a silly question. There are plenty of important issues to discuss in this campaign, and a question like that is just silly. Yeah, I think so too, especially when these guys are all on, you know, in, you know the time is limited that you get with uh, a possible leader. Uh, you guys are kidding, right? Nope. No. So, I don't mind. I don't, I don't mind. I think Ford knows full well how a bill, but he's not going to sit there and give a lesson well, on, it's, on but it. It's not even what's relevant. the point? Well, what's the, the, the point the, of the question? The story today was about the fact that he's uploading transit to the province. That's a very big deal. So and let's yet, stick let, to the let, issues let and what's important this. in this so election. First of all, uh, the journalist in, in, in starting the question with, I don't mean to be impertinent, immediately admits it's a gotcha question. Because, uh, I mean, they sounded guilty right off the front. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I'd love it if Ford had answered the question. Why? If, if he knows the answer. Because I, suspect, the because I suspect most people have no idea how a bill is passed. So what? And here's where I'm going. Then they should here's take a civics going, lesson. Having they don't worked need at Queen's to. Park, having worked at Center Block in Ottawa, the way that bills are passed, is all like of that should be reformed. It is... Byzantine obstructionist takes far too long. But he uh, wasn't asking that. He was uh, going for a gotcha moment. It so, wasn't like he was actually looking for real information. He was trying to get Ford caught saying, I don't know. I think most people would be offended if they knew how difficult and how much time and money it takes sure to would. pass a simple Do bill. You really and think, I think if on, we were talking about anything it, done. it would be good 
for Ontario politics, no matter the partisanship of the people are sitting in their dinner tables talking about, gee, I really wish he explained how to do a bill. I mean, darling, have you paid the hydro bill? Oh, we're going bankrupt? Damn it, I really want Doug Ford to explain how bills are passed. That's not what people, they don't care. And no, it the wasn't the question really he was. asked. If he asked the question, can you possibly streamline, can you explain how you're going to streamline how yes, a bill gets through? If you're going to explain that, then that's a fair enough, a fair question. But to say, can you tell us how a bill gets passed? That's <laughs> just a like silly, silly question. That no matter what you guys say, Doug Ford is the least qualified candidate of any party According running for the leadership of the Ontario left. in the last yeah, he, 50 years. Yeah, he couldn't possibly do any worse than the current government. He exactly. couldn't dig us in a, any deeper of a hole. Why, is this a race to the bottom? Well, apparently we've already won that. He's going to help try and <laughs> dig us back out. Ooh, zing! Zing! Um, okay, let's go to the next one. Because the um, Ipsos polling that Global had done exclusively has some pretty shaky numbers. 73%, almost 75% hate the leadership candidates, all of them. And uh, we know Doug Ford will be the punching bag. But, you know, the woman who has got the biggest favorability numbers, which is Andrea Horvath, she could very well just, you know, leapfrog to the top because apparently no one asks her anything. I mean, she's just the nice one that everyone's, hey, Andrea, what's up? What you wearing? I mean, like... Andrea, how does a bill get passed? Yeah, do you think they'd ask her that? Uh, ask uh, Justin Trudeau. As we know, well, yeah, I, I've worked on a lot of campaigns. Well, as as, as we knows. know... Favorability for a leader does not always tie to vote. It's favorability for a party. A healthy democracy is country, party leaders. Leaders come and go. Parties are supposed to represent ideas, etc. You're right. It is odd that she is the most popular. But let's even look at her number. It's under 50%. It, they're all awful. I mean, I was making the joke at Sophie's Choice. But, of course, in that terrific movie, there's only two children at stake. And it is a terrible choice. There's three here. I don't blame voters for not liking what they're seeing in terms of leadership. From yeah, all three parties. Do you? Honestly, I don't, but we've got lots of other parties. I mean, Mike Schreiner's the leader of the Green Party. You could vote that way. We've, there's up for we've got the Poppers Party. We've got the People's Party. I mean, these guys not, get upset that they're the not in the debate. Party. Win a single seat first, you know, and then maybe you can be in the debate. You, you know? know what? I don't have to like the, the party leader personally. I care more about what the party stands for Thank and what the you. policies right, are. Right, but the problem is no one's asking. Unfortunately, our politics have become. Uh, popularity contest in and a that, lot of ways. And, and as if I said, healthy democracy, media, country, party leader. leader but it's, not a, healthy, it's not a healthy democracy when we are, our job in the media is to hold these people to account. If you're going to tell me that you're going to give me everything for free, buy back hydro for about $8 billion and reduce my hydro bills by 30% without touching government money, you have to explain that. If you're demanding Doug Ford explain it, then she does. And Kathleen, that is our job is to get at, like, get me some information. And she gets a free pass. Every oh. day, because no one takes her seriously. Absolutely, and that I think we saw that uh, that act uh, that that uh, show a few years ago uh, when Bob Ray suddenly snuck up out of nowhere. Yeah, well, if you want that case of Coyote Army again, it's you know I don't know. <laughs> Bob Ray is extraordinarily bright. That's right. He's a terrible politician. I am not disrespecting <laughs> Mr. Ray and his, for this his country. Please don't what put I'm him saying, in the same Venn diagram no, as I'm, these. This little what troika I'm suggesting, of What I'm suggesting, John, is that the NDP came out of nowhere in that election. Because people didn't really pay attention to them, but the liberals, the liberals were in disfavor because they called an early election, and the Tories weren't ready. And suddenly, the NDP got in, and oh my God, we've rued the day ever since. So back to one of those rare things that Last we all agree on: you get voted out of office, and yes. that's what happened. Liberals yes. and conservatives in that election, yeah. you don't get voted in. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. If she could be premier and she's running second in the polls, start she better questions. start being held to account of how she's going to deliver when we got no money. 
Quick break here at 829. When we come back, uh, I'm not sure what I want to talk about. We will ever talk about the NDP MP who has been behind a couple of Me Too takedowns. And oops, she looked in the mirror and she's not so perfect. We'll talk about that next coming up here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. You're listening here to Counterpoint. It's uh, Global News Radio. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. I should just look at you and say, you got a nice smile. Thank you. But I don't want to be sexist. Um, This story is something else. We have some really stunning details coming forward about the female NDP MP who helped get Aaron Weir, the MP, turfed from the party last week because apparently he's a close talker. And now she's embroiled in her own sexual misconduct accusation involving a Canadian soldier who, according to him, says, you know, she plied with liquor and took advantage of him. They had sex. And then he says, kind of stalked him. And now we learn she was also the force behind the destruction of two liberal MPs, Scott Andrew and Massimo Pacetti, she calls herself a feminist, but to me, you know, guys, this is just a Me Too power um, grabber who's made it all about herself. But I'm going to, I want to play Jugmeet Singh, the guy who says everyone is to be believed. Apparently not everyone is to be believed, but here's Mr. Singh's comments on it. I, I'm not sure what the, what the specific scenarios are. For example, I don't know the military culture to be able to speak about that uh, power imbalance that, that's been raised. I don't know enough about that to speak about that. <laughs> I can't speak about an employee an employer relation, that's a very clear example of a power imbalance. What the hell is he talking about? I don't think he knows most of the time. <laughs> there have been a couple times where he, I, there was one incident, uh, was it last week, where he had to turn one of his uh, I know, on assistants. guns. Uh, yeah. What's our position What's on our guns? Position? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, I, honestly, it's it's gone from bad to worse for him. But, I mean, as to this this uh, woman, uh, people in glass houses, you know, shouldn't throw stones. She ended... Two careers of two yeah. MPs who never got any due process. In fact, I recall the Prime Minister, John, coming right out and saying, I, you know, I don't tolerate this. These guys were out. They completely disappeared. If I'm those two guys and if I'm Mr. Weir, I'm calling up a lawyer and uh, getting this and thing really back. And the accusations against Weir were very, very thin. And uh, even and even Batetti, I mean, she said, I didn't give explicit consent, but you went for drinks and went back to his hotel and gave him the condom before you had sex, but you didn't give explicit consent. That was with I mean, uh, Massimo Pacetti. Yeah. 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 John? I, I, I don't know what to do with the story. Insofar as, uh, if, if I read it correctly, what happened was a man and a woman met during a committee hearing. They have no actual power relationship at all. She didn't hire him. He didn't hire her. He didn't ask for a job. Uh, and then they went and had cocktails consensually, and then they had consensual sex. And then when he told her to stop contacting her, uh, she did. And so I've come to the conclusion now that if you are you are no longer allowed to have drinks and sleep with anybody who is not exactly of your economic class, has nothing to do with your job, doesn't Pretty live much anywhere near you. His perception, um, his perception was that he's appearing before this committee as a private in the military, and she's a, a member of parliament. She's got, she he's got PTSD. Some, she has some clout in terms of uh, status, in terms of her position. So, but, but, uh, there is an imbalance this, there. There so, is an imbalance there. So, but they met there, there and, and then this all happened afterwards, right? And and, and so, the, the question is, did he ask her for anything or did he expect to curry favor or better treatment? Or, no, but, but John, what's the difference? It's just the shoes on the other foot. I mean, now it's a, a skirt-wearing compl- uh, person that's 
you know, in the power position. But what's the difference? I'm trying to be cautious there in my language. No I'm sort of agreeing with you and, here, which is, Teddy. which is which is that there doesn't seem to be any attachment to the notion of due process anymore. It does seem like a lot of people have lost their careers due to anonymous sources and information. Well, so um, far. Well. After a full investigation. None of the these other guys got and, like... Well, no, we suspended. Yeah, but and, the Pachetti and... Um, well, that was a different party. That was well, different policy. And and, and it seems were, ironic and unjust that she had gone after other people and, and now the shoe is on the other foot. Yeah. But I go back to this notion that uh, that we seem to be saying it is forbidden to go on a date and try and explore whether you might have a relationship with somebody if you meet them in a work environment, no matter what, even if there is no actual incentive, power, or money changing hands. That seems pretty Orwellian to me. Where are you going to meet people? I'm just happy I'm married and happy married. <laughs> <laughs> but I, to me, it's like, unless you're in, here you are out taking out all these guys, you've defined yourself as a feminist social justice warrior. Okay, well, you better not be doing anything wrong. And when a guy with PTSD who's on heavy medication says, I probably shouldn't drink, I'm on heavy meds. And she says, don't worry, I'm a nurse. Come on. You know, look, just they, a they hypocritical is, that, is what I'm you're just suggesting? saying. Just it seems little. like there's a lot of hypocrisy in here. It does seem ironic. It does seem like just desserts, but it also seems like this illustrates very well that we may have moved in a new era where common sense has yeah. been not just thrown out the window, but thrown out the window and drowned in the sea. I guess my point to agree. it is that because we have no due process anymore, this is what you get. Mm-hmm. A bunch of destroyed careers and everyone turning their guns on each other. List is getting pretty long. It is, and it'll get longer. Let's talk about Justin Trudeau. Um, do we have that clip of him? I don't know if we do, Mike. No? Um, Justin Trudeau may is going to make an apology to the Jewish community over the decision uh, over the Liberals' decision way back in the day to turn a German ocean liner away that was carrying thousands of Jews. Not a great look for our country. Shameful, shameful chapter. But we get apologies like every single day. And one conservative MP today says she supports a decision, but it doesn't actually ring, you know, true. I don't think there's any sincerity in the apologies. They're, they're crocodile tears. I, I, I wonder if there's a staff in the PMO that are going through the history books looking for people to whom Justin Trudeau can apologize. But that was the liberal government that made that decision. What? the? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. it was. And if somebody... We're still alive from that government, uh, and they wanted to apologize. That's fine, but the country's moved on. I, I think there's a time when when you're going to say that's in the past. That's not who we are now. We will never do that again. How, and, many, how many how many apologies do we have? And to we could apologize for a thousand other things. Oh, he will. Oh, he will. He's got another year and a half. Right. <laughs> that's all he does Lots is apology. Of time. Lots apologies of time. or uh, as one of my mentors used to. Uh, emphasize to me, uh, one thing is an apology, another one is an amend. An amend is a change in behavior. So if we really, instead of apologizing for the treatment of Jews, pre-war, 1930s Canada, anti-Semitism is rife, not only here, but all over the world, well, maybe we should do less business with Salafist and Jihadist, radical Islamic countries. But he came out today completely supporting Iran. And that deal that Obama That's where put I was forward. going. Thank you. you. Go. That's where I was going. Maybe we could do a little less business with Saudi Arabia, where women aren't allowed to drive and have to import less cover oil from themselves. there and actually use our own. That would be you the know. best apology there to you me. Go. Yeah. I mean, here you are saying it's somewhat ironic about the, you know the Jews are going to get this apology, and yet on the other hand, you're turning around and scolding Trump for actually standing up against this tyrannical regime, and 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 Trudeau saying, "Well, it's a mistake." Well, yeah, because you're a sympathizer to Iran. You don't give a crap about the women there or the human rights violations. Here's an idea: Let's not do business with countries that don't recognize Israel as a state. That would be awesome. 
Sure. Or, Just throwing that or out human there. rights or women's rights or because gay then, rights. Because then we wouldn't need to actually apologize. We put <laughs> our money where our mouth is and say, we support the right of Israel to exist. And yes, we can make a little money selling laughs to this country, but we'd prefer to emphasize them that we think Israel has the right to exist. Just throwing that out there. I, I would be curious. I'm sure someone will do it of how many apologies so far issued. I mean, it's got to be like 15. The BBC 15? actually did a story uh, a little while ago that uh, there were four formal apologies in the first, I think, uh, 15 months of Justin Trudeau being in power. For the BBC to notice is unusual. It gives him a chance to talk like this and be very sad. And shed a and couple caring. tears. I would much prefer if he started apologizing for some of the stuff that he's worn. Historically, <laughs> or, you know. I'm waiting for my apology. I'm sorry. For all the things he's done against my beliefs. <laughs> all the taxes he's raised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the... All the deficit spending. You owe us an apology. That's somewhat like waiting for an apology from the Catholic Church. (laughs) All right, guys, I got to wrap it there. Thank you. That is John Mraz, as well as Bill Hutchison. We'll do this, of course, again here on Point on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.